I'm Cody Crabb. I'm Johnny Flores. And we're the hosts of the Podcast Producers Survival Handbook. The Podcast Producers Survival Handbook is here to help podcast producers, editors, and audio engineers succeed while freelancing. That is right. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing, Johnny? Uh, I'm good. I ate a little too much chicken. I grilled some chicken and then had a chicken wrap and then decided to have a second chicken wrap. And now I'm very full. (laughs) Hey, please, please don't overwhelm our audience with too much adventure in one day. That is a lot. Good. I've got a lot going on over there. Yeah. What about you? Well, as I was just telling you, I mean, I'm just might as well brag about it. One of my clients just got nominated for a Webby. Hi yo! That is such a big deal. It's like yeah. so. That's such a big deal, and so I'm I'm excited about that. And I just found that out like right now, <laughs> like right yeah. before we recorded. Yep. I mean, lots of good stuff. Keeping busy, just you know, family's good. What did you want to talk about in today's episode? Well, you know, I was kind of thinking there's lots of things we could talk about. There's pre- we haven't even started yet, so we're like, okay, we have pretty much infinity topics that we could talk yeah. about. <laughs> if what is the thing I get the most? The question I get the most often the thing people want to want to know the most. And that I would say is probably how do I find clients? Yeah, for sure. And for the listeners, my dogs are walking in and we have hardwood floors. So you might hear a little tic tac on the, just pretend Johnny's typing with big false nails. That's much more fun. No, definitely getting asked about clients. How do I get a client? What do you do with your clients? So we will have a lot of episodes about clients, but I think, yeah, the, the number one thing I get asked by new people new to podcasting or new to producing and editing and doing auto engineering is how do I find a client? I don't even know where to look. Well, and it's a big question because, I mean, when you're just starting out, your skill set is competing with so many people and like there are a vast number of places that you could go. And it's like, how do you know the right places? How do you know the places that you won't get like stiffed or scammed? How do you know the places that are actually like going to be helpful to you to build a resume and stuff and building that trust. The scamming part of it too, is building client trust. Also. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're starting off, you know, people are like, you want me to pay you to do this? Uh, all right. (laughs) You know, they're giving you money out of, either their own pocket or their marketing departments paying you out that money's coming. Well, let's from be real. Somewhere. When they, when they first start out, it's almost certainly right out of their own pocket. They do not <laughs> probably do not have a marketing department if they're just, especially if you're just starting out, but let's, so let's talk about just the first kind of, I think we should talk about kind of, if you were like day one, you had to start from scratch, where would you go to find some paid work fast? That is like not long-term building relationships kind of work. Like I need to get paid for this today. I'm going to contradict that and say, you might want to start off doing some volunteer pro bono work Mm. to build up your portfolio, to have examples that you can show on your website or in a, like a PDF link where they can just go right to your work samples. Otherwise you could try Fiverr and Upwork. I know people who've had, Good luck on Fiverr and Upwork. I never have. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, <laughs> I've never, never heard of that. Yeah. Fiverr and Upwork is, I think, a race to the bottom. You're big everybody's time. sort of undercutting each other to get that work. Well, and the thing is, like, our audience is probably mostly going to be in the US. You're competing with people that can work for like five bucks an hour. Yeah. Like, you can't compete with that. Yeah. You know, so, th- so actually, that brings up a really good point. Why even try to compete with that? Don't. Just do it for free until you can actually get something that pays a decent, half decent amount. You know, that's a really good point. So like, instead of trying to fight with these 
other people that are, you know, just build your resume for free. I mean, we could do whole episodes on networking, but it's a really good way to like build up relationships with people oh, in your yeah. community that have other coworkers or other businesses or nonprofits that they work with that will ask like, oh, you had a podcast. Who helped you with that? Mm-hmm. And then a word of mouth is probably the number one way to get business. It's definitely been for referral, me. Referral, referral, yeah. referral. Just and, doing good work and yeah. like... And also, I think uh, importantly there, once you've found like a couple of people that will give you repeat business, like you're, and that's the one, one of the best things about podcasting as a freelancer is that it, it continues. It's not just a one-time thing. And so let's say you've got your client, you have to ask, you have to say, Hey, do you know anybody that yep. maybe would be, that should start a podcast that could use a podcast editor? You would be shocked at how many people are just like, Oh yeah, here's this person that just asked me this yesterday. Like it's just, they just have people on the tip of their tongue and they just haven't thought to recommend you. Another thing that I do is I'll go on Indeed, I'll go on Craigslist for my local area and I'll, I'll just type in podcasting and I'll look for jobs where they're, they want somebody that has that experience. Basically it'll say in the job description, we want to start a podcast basically is what they're saying. And you have to be in charge of figuring out how that's done. So then what I'll do is just email them. I'll find out the company and I'll just email them directly oh, Brilliant! and say, Hey, I saw online that you were looking for a marketing person that would, could start a podcast when that time comes, you know, here's my email, here's my information, here's my website. And that way they sort of will like, Oh, okay. Well, cause I'm not trying to apply for that whole job. You know, it's like a marketing director job. Honestly, that's so smart because they would probably, they would probably give you like a fraction of the salary of that person. And take a bunch of the duties away from that person. Maybe they could get, you know, that's actually. Well, that person is likely going to have to find someone, a freelancer anyways. That's a good point. So you're just jumping jumping the line. So I'm just already pre-selling. That's a good dang tip. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. I've never thought of Uh, that. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. I mean, it's worked out. A fracture. That's another thing. You sort of have to oh uh, build up a tolerance. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you have to sort of shoot for a hundred introductions and maybe five of them are going to convert into something. Yeah. So you're not going to convert every person into a client, but what you're trying to do is just hedge your bet and try and get out in front of as many people as you can. And it may not work out right away. It may be down the road. I've had clients like that in the past where they were really interested in doing something with me, but it just, Financially, it couldn't work out. Timing wise, yeah. they're bored. Oftentimes, we deal with boards, or I do. A board has to approve that project. Interesting. So and that could take a time. That could take a while. Sometimes it's six months later or a year later. Hey, we're ready to go. Yeah, like, sweet. I've had let's that talk. Too. Even and even better. Sometimes I'll just like have someone that kind of starts something or does a couple episodes, and they just don't. They just like kind of lose interest or whatever, and then like years down the line they're like hey here's my cousin that wants to start a podcast and just comes out of nowhere like the word of mouth thing is really powerful if you really establish a good relationship and you do good work and stuff another thing i just wanted to add on to that too something that people don't talk about very much is that when you get a lot of no's that's usually a pretty good sign that you're doing something right like for your skill level if you start getting told no that means that like as soon as you're a good fit for everybody 
you're going to start like lowering your prices or doing too much or like giving into unreasonable demands and things like that. And that's when things can get sketchy and you can start to really get stressed and, and really not get paid enough for having, I mean, if you're wanting to do this for a career, you got to get paid for it. So yeah, it's, which we'll do a whole, we'll do a whole episode on figuring out rates. That's a, we're going to do a whole episode on doing a whole episode about (laughs) other things. (laughs) Because we're going to say that a lot. Um, So like you you mentioned networking, actually, just to piggyback off of that. So I just kind of want to mention, like, how would you go about networking? When you say the word networking, first of all, what do you even mean by that? And what would be the best places to start to like go and actually network? Like, and are we talking in person or online? Like, what are you what do you think of? I think of networking, there is online networking, but I find in person to be so much better. I don't really know what that, why that is, but it really is. I think it's because your personality comes through so much better. You can take the time to actually sit and converse with the person. Your personality comes through. I don't know how many times, this might be a humble brag, but I make a really good impression through my sense of humor and the way I talk to folks, you know, I just, I, I, it's a little, I've been told I'm a, I'm idiosyncratic when in person, like I just say funny, weird, odd things and people are just kind of like, Oh, what? And, um, so I think it, networking in person is just, it's so much better. You, you know, not everybody shows up for vault, like online stuff. They're not completely yeah. present. You show half up the differently. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And usually for networking events, I tend to go to the ones that where you have to pay to get in. They're oh, not usually that expensive. They're 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. It's reasonable. And the reason I go to those is because I know people are there because they want to be there. They paid to yeah, get in. They're serious. Their work about it. paid to get in, you know, paid for them to get in, something like that. And then I go to networking events that have nothing, most of the time, that have nothing to do with podcasting to find clients. This is one of the big things that I've learned from Johnny that I'm like, this is so true. You want to be the only one in the room that knows what you're talking about, about podcasting. Because, I mean, really, if going to a podcasting event is a really good idea still, like you would, like we've, we do that. We've, we met at Podcast Movement. But I think that it's a unique opportunity to be like, why don't you have a podcast in a business uh, or, or a business networking thing? What I run into usually is, oh, we've been thinking about doing a podcast. <laughs> we didn't even know who, how to get started. Here's my yeah. card. Let's talk. Yeah. Have cards. I think having business cards uh, are, are a very important part of networking. I would have laughed at that a couple of years ago, but now that I've actually gotten more into it, like it really is true. Like you can do the fancy ones with the f- scan your phone ones, whatever, but you just, you need something to just hand somebody. Yeah. You'd really do. Yeah. I, I find that yeah. In-person networking is so much more powerful. It's more real. It's real. You're physically yeah. there meeting someone. You can spend the time talking to them. It's hard to do that if you're like in a zoom networking thing and you have to go into a private room (laughs) one of the problems that people run into though with networking is that getting over saying hi to someone you don't know i'm so bad at this i'm i i like (laughs) i think you're great at it (laughs) no here's the thing i'm i am great at it but i hate it yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like i get so in my head about it like if you looked at me you would have no idea but i'm like screaming on the inside whenever (laughs) i have to do one of these events and stuff because i just am not i'm an introvert like i i my comfort zone is not there i do it 
because I need to do it. Not because it's like what I love to do. It's just, yeah. I just do it. Um, I think one of the reasons that I was so nervous about it starting out is because, and, and this will kind of tie into the next thing I wanted to mention too, is that I was so worried about like, how do I pitch myself while we're here? Like, what do I say to this person? How do I not sound like a sales guy? And like, yeah. I'm just in it for, as soon as he says, oh, we've got a producer, like I'm not going to walk away. So like, what do I say to like, how do I do that? So I think learning that this is a time to introduce yourself, but also mostly just to find out about the other person and then let the conversation go. They're going to talk to you. They're going to ask you questions and see what you do. And if you want to bring up that you're a podcast producer, the opportunity will come. Just hold back. Like what you want to say is, hello, I'm Cody Crabb and I am the owner of, you know, you want to, you want to mention everything right up front, but just asking questions about stuff that they're doing right now, stuff that they have going on and it'll come up. I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that you just got to kind of shut your mouth a little bit. Maybe it's just because I'm a talker, yeah. but yeah, I you think are. I am. <laughs> I'm monopolizing. No, uh, no. And that's why I like going to networking events where it's not, not podcast related. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're not having to compete with, Hey, I'm a producer. Hey, I'm an editor. Hey, I'm an audio engineer. Yeah. You're just the only one there. You're the one who the, that's and so smart, especially where I live in. I'm in Sacramento, California, which is the, you know the state capital. There's always network events going on here because just the businesses that are related to sure. politics and stuff like that in here. Um, well, and, and I think that's probably true with just about any city or just about any, you know, if you probably live close to at least somewhat close to a metropolitan area, if you're going to be in town for something or you're going to go on a vacation or something, make a day of it. Like yep. podcast, most of this stuff is remote work. So if you can, if you're just visiting a city for something, look up some networking events that are close by and just head over to one of those while you're there, you know, yeah. why not? It's a great opportunity to kind of meet a crowd that you normally wouldn't. What do you usually use to find those kind of events? I, I've done, I've had some success on meetup.com. Yeah, I'll look on meetup here in Sacramento. We have a couple different event websites that are run through our, oh. like the city's tourism a website. They have like a free posting oh, cool. on there. Alt weeklies. Like if your town has an alt weekly newspaper, they usually have online events that you can look at for oh, free. That's good to know. Um, that, that, you know, they're listed there for free. Eventbrite. Uh, is a great spot to look yeah, for right, yeah. networking events. And you can uh, sort like by category and yep, stuff on yeah. there. So just put it yeah, in networking. Honestly, and I think that that tip about paying a few bucks to get in is really good because there there is something about paying $1 versus no dollars that really just weeds out the goobers like that don't really, you know what I mean? That are just there for reasons you can't figure out. Like they're not really taking it seriously. Like that little bit really does help. Yeah. I've actually seen that as well. And someone may not even be interested in that, but they'll take your business card and then sure. down the road, seven, eight months, hey, I, I you know what? I, I'm giving you a call. I'm going to refer one of my colleagues over because their organization is wanting to start a podcast. Yeah, and you're basically you creating – and the other thing too, just as a tack on to this, is I also created a referral program because I was like, I need to grow fast. That was my mm. main thing is like I need oh, lots of clients quick. So I was like – and I'm, I'm aggressive with it. Like I'm, I don't hold back. I'm like, I'll give you a free episode 
if you bring me a new oh, client. Wow. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm hardcore when it comes to referrals. Yeah. And I get so many referrals. My clients, especially one client, I probably, the reason I'm probably able to do this is because of one client. She has referred me so many people. And I'm like, and you don't have to even pay anything. Unless they are like give up the money from the episode, I guess, if they don't sign on. So you're, you're really not at a loss and the, the new person's going to pay you too. So yeah. like really you don't lose anything. You maybe like lose a little money, but like it's really like, and then they kind of have your name on the tip of their tongue because they're thinking about like cha-ching, right? So like, <laughs> so they're, I, and I've noticed that like I've, I get mentions all the, I get emails all the time from like, Hey, you got, I got referred by this person or this person. And then sometimes those referrals will be better clients than the actual one that referred you. I mean, I've had that happen many, many times. Yeah. So referrals are by far the best way to do it. And I, I highly recommend doing a referral program if you're starting out because that's a really good way to kind of build a network of people looking for you. And the more aggressive and bigger incentive you give them to do that, the more, you know, the more you'll get. So what about a pitch? What do you say? When you meet somebody and you're like, this is what I do. Yeah. I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate when it's in person. Cause I like to take my time with it and really like cater it, do some research on the person first and like really cater it to them. Mm. Cause I think people don't do a form ever. Do not have a template, have a general template of like an outline of what you want to say, but personalize every single email you send to these people. Because you can tell when someone has sent you a template. We have the internet. Google this person's name. Google their business. Find out exactly what they do. Give them some ideas to start out. Like just a couple of like, oh, you know what? This Your content would be so good for like YouTube shorts. You, you know, you should do like some short form content. I'd love to show you how to do that. Let's get in touch about this podcast. Like there's so many things you can do that really make it obvious that you're actually taking an interest instead of just sending a template with their name filled into it, you know, yeah. that would be my advice for like sending a pitch because that's what I prefer doing. I do that most of the time is instead of like the actual in-person stuff is do your, do some research and really physically write out an email or have chat GPT do it. Um, <laughs> write out an email that really hits on the points of what they do and how you could help them specifically. That'll be way more effective. And, uh, you'll start off on the right foot. I think if you do that, yeah. Yeah, and so you you're advice. you're talking about in person. So what were you, what are your tips for like in person pitches so and stuff? In person, I tell them exactly. I say I can help you with everything except being on microphone. So I'll I'll help you That's develop a good your line. show. I like that. Yeah, I say I do everything but a host. And then they'll say, "Well, what do you mean?" I say, "Well, I I can develop your podcast for you. I can produce it. I can run the technical side of it, recording, editing." And then I'll help you also with the creative side, figuring out the name of your podcast, how it fits your mission or your goal. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Cody, you, you work more with individuals and I work more with like organizations and businesses, correct? Typically, but usually my clients are also business owners. Like there'll be like a life coach with a life coaching practice so or something kind of like both. that. So somewhat both. Yeah. But yeah. most, I would say, I would say kind of like individuals with businesses is probably yeah. my, what I would do. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I just, as quickly as possible, tell them what I can do for you. If you're starting a, if you want a podcast and then when they <clears throat> ask a little bit more then I'll say, you know, I, I have strategies for business or um, audience growth and it's to, you know, avoid the mistakes that new podcasters often make. And we'll also curtail the, the podcast specifically to 
who you're, are you trying to get more business? Are you just trying to be the industry expert? Is it B2B? Uh, I do have a question. Do you, do you give pricing like full transparent pricing from like the first pitch? Cause I know a lot of people do that. I tend to not do that because I do. Oh, you do. I do. I feel like your, your pricing though is different in a way because I feel like you're kind of just like, boom, there, here it is. This is my pricing. That's it. And this like, it includes everything, but I don't yeah. really, I'm kind of more a la carte where I'm like, I have like each individual thing costs a, an amount. Well, so I, I feel I say you for oh, two tracks with me acting as your producer director and editing that at about however long that takes. Well, it'll take two and a half hours to do this 30 minute episode to turn it around and put it all together with one re-edit costs this much. And yeah. then they're like, okay, great. And I said, you know, that there's some wiggle room there depending on what you want to do and depending on how gotcha. many people are going to be on the podcast. But here's my set rate for this. And then they know right away, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that seems like within our, the reach of our marketing department or that that might be a little high, but let's talk. Gotcha. And then uh, and then we go from there. Mine's usually like an, about an email in or so. Like usually it's like someone's like, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. You know, tell me more about yourself. And so then I'll tell them a little bit and then I'll say, you tell me about yourself, find out a little bit more about them and stuff, what they're wanting to do. And then after that, typically I'll send, I'll send a, a proposal. I like but to give them a flat idea. That's smart. Cause then you have front. that whole extra, like if you're like way out of what they can afford, yeah. you just, they just know that. And right I away. also ask pretty early on, what do you picture as your budget for this? Mm. And then I can say, okay, well, for that, we can do this. Yeah, that's a good And it will be between this price range and this price range. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. And that way, we're not doing this dance and I'm wasting my time. They're not wasting their time. I'm not wasting well, my and time. And there's, there's going to be a lot of that, especially as you start out, because your prices are probably rock bottom. Like, they're as low as they're going to get right when you start out. And so, like, when you go from $0 to any dollars, people are like, whoa, hey, you want to get paid for this? Whoa. It's so hard to, like, get that mindset out but people are going to make you feel bad for asking for money especially if you're starting out don't it's you're providing a service yeah. if you have crappy clients they are i mean my clients don't do that I, anymore i never felt bad about asking i you know it was just sort not of, that you should feel bad i'm saying that they yeah. some people will make you feel like you like you want to pay you want to charge money for this like oh i've never had that happen well of course not <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I know on these kind of like the Fiverr Upwork kind of world, like there's really kind of crappy people to work for on there. And so yeah. that's just something to keep in mind is that like you are doing the right thing by asking for money. It's fine. And you're probably not charging enough. That's probably true with everybody is you're not charging enough for most people. It's yeah. just it's hard to really gauge. You're, so you're providing a service for this person. Yeah. You're taking your time. You're giving them an, yeah. a technical your technical abilities that you've spent years learning and mastering, and you should be compensated for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And good clients know that. Good yeah. Clients the, know that. It's just, it's a weird paradox that the better clients you get, the more they can't wait to pay you. They just are so excited about it. It's true. Yeah. It's every, the better it's clients true. you get. It's I've every time I get a client that pays me more, they are like overjoyed. They're sending me bonuses or something like they're just can't wait. <laughs> it's so great. You'll yeah. get there. If you yeah. haven't gotten there yet, yeah. you will get there. And we'll have episodes yeah. about how do you ditch a bad client. Oh, that's, I need to hear that. <laughs> I need to hear that. I'm, I, we've talked about this before, just me and Johnny, but I have, I struggle with that. So that'll yeah. be, that'll be good just for me to hear, frankly. So I can't wait yeah. for that. 
So if producers, editors, or etc. want to find us and get in touch, they want to suggest a topic, ask a question, something like that, where can they email us? Yeah, we would love that. If you have questions, need advice, tips, anything, yeah, please. Our email is podcastsurvival at gmail.com. That's right. And we don't have social media set up yet because we're both terrible at it. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> look, Go look at my Instagram. It has no posts. <laughs> I don't even know my Instagram. <laughs> um, the, well, the one social media I do, and actually this is a perfect segue, um, go ahead and find me on YouTube. I do videos about podcast production. Uh, and Descript, I am at Cody Crab Edits. You can find me there. And if you want to try Descript, go to CodyCrab.com slash Descript and you can try it out. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.